Hello, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Justin Shank on the line. I met Justin at Adam's live event that we had last year, and Justin and I just hit it off. We're not going to be talking about keto. We're not going to be talking about nutrition or bodybuilding. We're going to be talking about mindset. He is a mindset master. He's all about growth. He hosts one of the super popular growth mindset podcasts called Growth Now Movement, and he's just a freaking rock star. I really enjoyed this conversation with him. We dove deep into how to kind of approach your passions, how to approach your lifestyles, how to approach your routines to set yourself up for success long-term. I feel like you're going to get a lot of value out of this conversation. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast with Justin. And Justin, we're live. How are you, man? Good, man. Robert, dude, I'm excited about this. You know, after... uh sharing a house with you at you know in where were we indiana i don't even know where i yeah, was we were at adam's, house. adam's house and uh had great conversation and we're like we gotta do this now here we are like nine months later finally doing it so i'm excited about it <laughs> that, that seems to always be the way it works like we make all these these plans of mastermind groups and you know we just keep saying that we need to do this we need to do this but yeah you, you pull the trigger and you reach back out or adam like fired away an email or something I'm not sure how we got reconnected but i'm glad yeah. we're making it official and getting on the podcast now yeah, man. I mean, we should let people know that are listening that like we're not we're not going to talk about how to get some abs, but maybe <laughs> maybe we could talk about getting your mind right and growing into the person you want to be. So, you know, I'm really excited to see where this goes because I've listened to a number of your episodes on your show and it's your guests are extremely impre- impressive. And I'm just glad that I can be a part of the roster. Shoot, yeah, man. Well, you're you're impressive in your own right for sure. I mean, the mindset aspect, like I love going down the deep end on mindset and just, you know, outlook and and because that transcends bodybuilding, that transcends nutrition, like that, that's applicable to everybody no matter where they're at in life. So we, we can dive deep, deep, deep into mindset. For sure, man, wherever you want to go. And like I said, dude, I'm, I'm excited for it because to, to be introduced to a new world of people, as I know you've grown this massive keto savage brand, um, you know, I'm excited to share some wisdom, but also learn from you in the process. And then we're going to have you on my show too. So we're going to, it's going to be really fun. Hundred percent. Well, let's start with a little background, man. Like I, I met you at Adam's live event, and I, I got to know a little bit about you then. And we had that time after the event to just connect further. But for people that are just listening and, and just hearing your name for the first time, bring bring us some backstory, man. Like what what got you into the podcasting space? What got you in, interested in mindset and personal development in the first place? Like just kind of give me some backstory. Yeah, man, for sure. So you know, if you went back to me in high school. Um, I, I jokingly say when I speak at places, I say, if there was a senior superlative for least likely to succeed, it would have been me. Uh, I had a 1.7 GPA. My mom was in the middle of a 20-year opioid addiction, and my dad was in jail. And if you look at that scenario as a 16, 17-year-old kid, you, you really look and then go, that kid's got no shot, right? The statistics say if, you're, if your parent has an addiction, you have a 50% chance of getting an addiction. If your parent's in jail, you have a 50% chance of going to jail. And realistically, if you look at that, I'm 100% screwed. Um, but, but I was fortunate enough to have some great aunts and uncles in my life. And my parents, even though they had their own issues, they were very loving. And so I had some sort of idea of where I wanted to go, right? And I think it started with knowing where I didn't want to be. And that was where my parents were. And so obviously not getting into college, I got a job in direct sales. Uh, and I did very, very well with the company. But the key to that job was somebody handed me a book called Who Moved My Cheese? I love that book. Uh, and if you haven't read it, yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's a great self-development book, super easy to read, really straight to the point. But essentially what it talked about was things are going to change around you no matter what. 
and we can't control it, but we can control how we react to those things. And so when I looked at my life, I realized it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter where I come from. It doesn't matter the obstacles I have. What matters are the choices that I make to create the better life for myself. And so that was really kind of the beginning of this path of self-discovery, of self-development books, of trying to launch different businesses. And, you know, that's a whole different story unto itself of, you know, three failed businesses and trying to trying to truly build my own life. But what ended up happening was, you know, I I I got really successful in the corporate world, but something was missing. And I was like, what is missing? What's missing? What's missing? And I realized it goes back to that time when I was like 19 years old. And I realized that my mission was to let other people know that no matter where you come from, you can create your own life. And so I launched a podcast um, to to do a number of things. Number one, to connect with incredible people, which I've you know had the, the honor and pleasure of doing, people like Adam and people like you and so many others, um, but also to to learn. And then also spread the message of rock bottom doesn't mean the end. Rock bottom means the beginning. And so that's why the Growth Now Movement was born. Um, and it really took on a life of its own. And I've been blessed enough to you know, be honored by Inc. Magazine and all these other places saying that, hey, people should listen to my podcast. And so you know, it was a journey of self-discovery. It was a journey of failure. It was a journey of so many different things that led to this crazy vehicle called podcasting, which has changed the game for my, myself and hopefully so many people that listen around the world. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I think, you know, I, it's it's interesting because I feel like I, I butted heads with my folks growing up for sure. I mean, I think everybody does. But at the end of the day, like I, I can't really say that I had a bad childhood. Like my folks were very loving. They, they were very solid. I had a really good foundation from which to build upon. But I look at people that did have, you know, a rough upbringing or something was was just off. It was just not an optimal situation. And like I admire, I feel like when you come from a background like that and you have farther to climb, so to speak, it, it makes the story that much sweeter. So it's it, I love diving deep into stories like this that are like, you know, kind of just blood and guts and heart wrenching because it, it makes you appreciate the the distance you've come so, so much more. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and part of the story I didn't share was, you know, five months before I launched the podcast was the worst day of my life. And and that was the day my mom uh, lost a 20 year battle to opioids and, and she passed away. And the reason I want to share that part of the story is because that was my rock bottom moment. And in that moment, I knew I had two choices. Number one, I could go down a, a terrible path and numb the pain and make terrible choices and just forget about it. Or I can say, I need to use this as a stepping stone to what I want to build. And so if you go early on in my podcast, you can hear, I had a co-host originally, and you can hear how he was trying to go down this path of talking about business and success from that standpoint. And I was talking about self-love and this journey of the understanding, like how do I enjoy the process, no matter how difficult, no matter how sad, how great, how whatever the process is, how do I enjoy it? Um, And so I think so many people, they hit that rock bottom moment in their life and they want to tap out and they want to give up. Mm-hmm. And you talk about these people that go, you know, you hear stories of people overcoming crazy things and look, look, mine's just one of many stories. But the difference is I made a decision, not consciously, but subconsciously when I was younger, that I decided that life was happening for me and not to me. And I got that from a great mentor and friend, Ed Milet, who has, he worded it, you know, I lived it my whole life and then he worded it perfectly. And I was like, wow, I wish I came up with that. Um but it was really this idea that life is happening for me. No matter what's happening around me, life is happening for me. And I have to look at every setback, at every obstacle, every every moment as an opportunity to create something incredible, right? And so it fell in line with my purpose. 
Um, and I decided to build off of that. But I could have very easily gone the other way, which you see all the time. Um, and and I think that's the main thing. If anybody listening right now is thinking like, man, I just I feel I feel like I need to tap out. I feel like life's really tough. I just want to, you know, they want to, you know, drink or go do drugs or whatever their, their vice is, right? Um, just remember that life at any given moment is happening for you. It's giving you an opportunity to step up and be the person you're meant to be. And if you can figure that part out, everything else falls in line. I feel like a lot of people have this this rough childhood, this rough upbringing, and they, they lack perspective because that's all they know. That's their norm. So they don't think of there being another possibility because they have never witnessed anything other than what their day-to-day is. So you said you had, you know, some good uncles and aunts, you had some, that mentor, but like, was there any, was there any compelling moment or specific mentorship that really gave you more perspective that there was more to life than what you were living just at home with the folks? No, man. You know, I think it was the collective, right? You know, as a younger person, I at least from the outside saw other successes, whatever we define as success. Like I saw my aunt and uncle's marriage as a happy marriage and thought, wow, I really want that. Um, uh, and then as I got older, I then got into business. And, and when I worked for the direct sales company, there's a guy named Richard Teasdale who became a mentor of mine. Uh, and I learned hard work and dedication and drive and, and pushing through times when you don't want to push through. And um, even till to, to this day, like every single conversation I have on my podcast, it's a mentor that I can learn from. Uh, oftentimes I run into people who go, yeah, I've had this coach for three years and I've, I haven't grown. I haven't evolved. I haven't done these things. I think that there's learning in everything, right? So I'm dating a girl with two young kids. She's a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. And I learn from them every single day. I learn how to be creative, how to relax, how to enjoy the, the moment from them. Um, and so you have to kind of get out of your own way, I, I believe, right? And so that's kind of what I did. And, and I paid attention. I was very, very, very aware of my surroundings. I was very aware of other people's choices. And I just learned and picked things up. And then the things that were meant for me, they stuck. Um, but it was, it wasn't one, I wish it, I wish it was one moment. I wish it was like one thing of like, yes, this is the moment where everything changed, but it was really the collective. I mean, I'm still, I believe I'm still a work in progress. I'm still growing. That's, that's kind of why growth is my word because it's the forever evolution. Um, but I'm constantly learning and, and trying to find, you know, not trying to find, but, you know, constantly, um, you know, allowing my mentors to guide in, in different directions and whatever I need at that moment. I love it. I feel like it rarely is just a single aha moment. I feel like people are always looking for that that sign, but I feel like if people just open themselves up to what's happening to them on the day-to-day, that's that's all the sign they really need to, to know that they're either on the right path or something needs to change. Yeah. So with Growth Now Movement, let's talk about that, man. Like that, that became your calling. That's like your brand, your thing. You get your live events. Like what made you want to to take this self-development that you were experiencing internally and create it into something that could help benefit so many others? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I, I'd be lying if I said I went down this path thinking I would change the world. There was a there was an inkling like, wow, maybe millions of people will turn, tune in and, and uh, you know, it'll affect them in some way, shape or form. But it was more than anything. It was I was in a, in a part of my life where I wasn't happy. Um, you know, I, I discussed how my mom just passed away and I was a little, I was a little lost in my direction. And so the growth now movement became so prevalent in my life first, because the conversations were for me, mm-hmm. the conversations were, how can I, I have the opportunity now to connect with whoever I want. How do I take that opportunity and learn for myself and continue to grow? 
And then what ended up happening, I would say about five or six months into the podcast, I had somebody reach out to me and they said, Justin, because of your show, I decided not to take my own life. And it was in that moment that I went, this is so much bigger than me. And I had to kind of take a step back and realize that we all have an opportunity to infect so many people in our lives, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's on a platform like this, whether it's on YouTube or wherever, like we have this great opportunity to do it. And so it really changed my mindset of like, how, how aware do I have to be in these conversations? Not only for me, but for other people. Um, and so it almost happened organically. Like I used to jokingly say that I was the accidental entrepreneur um, because, you know, one of my main streams of income is it happened by accident. But the reality is like I continued to step forward in the person I was supposed to be. Right? We were talking about that small incremental continuous growth. Like I'm a big believer in, in growing 1% every single day. Uh, and sometimes those 1% become massive in like a moment like that when your eyes are open to the fact that you now have this platform that's getting played all over the world. Uh, and you're infecting lives, you're not only changing yourself. And so what I did was I made a move for myself and then the universe showed me that it was for other people too. Um, And so from that standpoint, that's why I constantly say I really feel blessed to get the accolades and the reach that I have. I love it, man. I feel like podcasting is such an interesting medium because, I mean, people rarely turn down a podcast. Like, I don't know if I've ever been turned down on a podcast. You can just shoot anybody a DM and they're all pretty much willing to jump on and you can just like pick their brain and dive deep into their expertise and learn from them, bounce ideas off of them. And then it becomes this conversation that people have the opportunity to, you know, be a fly on the wall, so to speak, and hear what's being said and it can scale. So I love it as a medium. I feel like it's just, you know, the, the opportunities are endless, but it's it is interesting how powerful it has become. I mean, the the emails that I get on a regular basis about how something I said in a podcast or what one of the guests said, you know, truly changed somebody's thought process in a positive manner. I mean, like that that's what I get get off on, man. And that that's my fulfillment right there. That's what gives me oxygen to make it through the day. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm the same dude. Like, if I never made a dime off of my podcast. Um, I'd still show up every single week and do it because it is those moments of somebody reaching out. That's a, a lot bigger than the dollars that might come from it or the like, or whatever, right? It's really that impact and every single thing that I'm doing right now. And it's funny, like what, you know, I don't only do the podcast. Like it's so funny because I imagine people are listening like, wow, how's Justin make all this money on the podcast? There's other things that I do beyond it. You know, I own a podcast production coaching company. I host a live event. I speak all over the country. Um, all these things that are all because of it. Mm -hmm. But the reality is if all of that went away, if all those cool rewards that I got from doing the show went away tomorrow, I'd still do the show Um, because I know that there's at least one person out there that needs to hear what's being said in these conversations. And it is a strange kind of thing to think about the impact, the deep impact that it can make on people, right? If we get into the technical side of podcasting, um, the average Facebook videos viewed nine seconds, but our podcasts that are 30, 45, 60 minutes long, the audience will listen to 80%, if not more, of that show. Mm-hmm. And so there's something about this medium that resonates on a deeper level. And so people are people are hooked, you know? No, I, I freaking love it, man. I feel like you can deep dive and, and not be surface level with podcasting form, whereas most other social media, I mean, like Twitter, you've got 140 characters or whatever it is now. You've got, you know, just so many text blocks you can put in an Instagram post, Facebook videos, YouTube videos, you know, with podcasting. I mean, 
like Joe Rogan, he's got episodes three hours plus, and people oh, listen yeah. to every single second of it. You know, it's like that. That's obviously saying something. For sure. Yeah, I mean Rogan's an anomaly, though, man. That guy's just, ah. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's he's doing something right for sure. I, I kind of want to yeah. dive into the technical aspect of podcasting. Not because, I mean, I, I want the focus to be on mindset and, and growth for sure, but I feel like people listen to this, they hear us talking about the, the benefits of podcasting, they've probably played around with the idea of starting one themselves. You know, I think a lot of people look at podcasting probably similar to how they look at YouTube videos, and they like, oh, I don't have all these drone cameras and all this crazy camera gear. I don't have cr- the pr- proper microphones. Like, how in the world do I get into podcasting? So I'd be curious to hear your first you know, studio version, like what was your first podcast set up and what, what was the MVP, so to speak, minimum viable product? Yeah, dude. So here, so here's the funny thing. So what I started with, I still use today. Um, and I do that because you don't need fancy things to have a successful podcast. Mm-hmm. I literally bought a $60 microphone on Amazon, which is a Samsung CO1U. Um, and it's a USB microphone. I plug it into my laptop and, and I go. Now, I do have other equipment now. So if I travel, there's equipment that I use, et cetera. But as of this recording right now, and then when you're on my show, I'm literally using a $60 microphone and Zoom. And that's what it's been essentially from the beginning. I started out with Skype, um, but over time switched to Zoom. But at the same time, like that's it. You don't need all these things. I think what you really need is a clear message and branding um, an understanding of what it is you're bringing to the game, right? And understanding who it is you're serving. So often in podcasting, people go like, oh, I'm just sit around with my buddies. I'm going to shoot the shit. And they think that like there millions of people are going to listen. That's not the reality. What you need to do is niche down, understand who your people are and serve them, right? Like you are keto, you are, you're the keto king, right? You're the keto savage. Like you've niched down into a niche of people Therefore, they're coming and flocking to this podcast because you niche to them. Mm-hmm. If you were like, I'm the overall health guy, I guarantee you'd have less listeners. It's kind of like you think you'd have more because there's more of this overall health. But when you're keto and you're niched in, people flock. Um, and so I would say two things. get get At least get a microphone. I mean, they started a decent mic starts at 40 bucks. Um, and then get understand who your audience is and then serve them. Totally. What what did you do? Because you said you initially had a co-host and he was kind of going more business tactic and you were going more mindset. How did you kind of like figure out that your podcast was going to be more mindset? That's that's the niche that you were going to double down on. Like how did that transition become? Yeah, so, you know, we, we started the show and he did, uh, him and I, I think the number was, we did 64 episodes together. Um, and it was always my baby. Like it's always, it was always my idea. I was kind of the one doing all the work and I was doing all these things. And, um, what ended up happening was he ended up getting his girlfriend pregnant. And so his time became scarce. And I just had a conversation with him where I said, look, man, um, you know, would you mind if I just took it off onto my own? And he goes, yeah, no problem. He's like, it's the thing you love doing. I didn't really love it. He's like, I just kind of enjoyed some conversations, um, and go ahead. And so, it was, it was a number of things. One, I, I was the one who kind of controlled the conversation anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it organically took that route. Uh, but two, it, it became an easy separation between him and I. And so we're still really good friends to this day. Uh, that's, that's never been a, a, a bad thing between him and I. Um, but it became that because that's what was resonating, right? Like if I was out there and I was talking business and that's what people wanted to hear, I'd talk more business. 
but it was the mindset stories. It was the overcoming adversity. It was the, how do I, how do I overcome my limiting beliefs conversations that I was having that was resonating with the, the audience. And so my goal was to get people on my show and say, how, how did you really do it? And my goal was to get things out of them. They've never shared before. I mean, I mentioned Ed, my letter earlier, he cried while he was on my show. That never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was one of those things where like my goal was to go deeper uh, because people are deep, man. Like people are listening to this right now and they're like, look, I, I can keep learning from podcasts, but there's something deeper inside of me. And if I can show that these people that they look up to, people that they admire, people they want to learn from are just as deep, went through just as much pain, went through just as much turmoil and yet they came out on the other side better. That's the win every single time. And so it was it was a, a number of things. Number one, it was my passion to have those conversations. Number two, it was what my audience wanted. So I wanted to serve them. And then number three, just to go one step further and a little bit deeper with my, with my guests. And as I, I realized when I follow those three things, those episodes hit every single time. Totally agree, man. It's, it's funny because I'll often bring guests on to the podcast that – don't have a social media following they're not known in the space at all but they have a cool story and i feel like people appreciate and resonate with you know adversity they resonate with hardship they resonate with people that have overcome obstacles and made something out of their life and that can be true no matter what their social media following is so i truly believe and have always believed that you can learn something amazing from every single person on this planet and if you bring the guests on if you talk to them as such if you have this like underlying sense of respect and you give them the platform to open up and and share their true deep feelings it's like like it becomes an amazing story and i feel like podcasting is the only medium to really tap into that at length you know it's true and the one thing i'll add to that as a little asterisk is like make sure you go to the right person right like you wouldn't go to somebody who's been divorced four times on how to have a great relationship you yeah. wouldn't come to me about how how to be fit they'd go to you like you'd come to me to talk about how do i how do i figure out my purpose and then how do i make that into a movement or a business so like go to the right people when you're listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> like totally. you have you have people on this show that yes they have incredible stories but they've also mastered something great mm-hmm. uh and so those are the people you go to so often people are going to coaches and mentors that aren't don't quite have it figured out you know 100 percent, man so I kind of want to just dive deep into like what you had just said, you know, people would come to you looking about how to, you know, figure out their purpose, figure out their game plan and where to start and how to progress going forward. Because I feel like there's so much information out right now. I mean, since the dawn of the internet, you've got information at your fingertips, which is great. You know, you don't have to go through all these, these gatekeepers, but you get information overload, paralysis analysis to the max. And I feel like so many people lack a sense of self-awareness, maybe because they just haven't done enough stuff themselves, or they just, they have this motion, but they don't have action. So like, how do you go about figuring out what the actionable steps are and, and just getting some momentum built up? Yeah, again, you know, finding the right mentors is huge. But the main thing is you talk about, you know, paralysis analysis and the overflow of information. Um, you know, when, when you say let's let's take it into business specifically. Right. So if I'm going to build an online business or I want to if I want to 10x my business. Right. I'm going to go I can go buy a course right now and learn Facebook ads. I can go buy a course right now and, and how to give free webinars to turn into leads. I go buy a course right now and talk about how podcasts can become whatever. And the problem is people go out there and they get all of those courses mm-hmm. and they absorb the information. They freak out and they go, I can't do that. Right. So what I always say to people is pick one course of action and stick with it and test it out. 
So you're talking three, six, 12 months, depending on what it is you're doing with consistent action in that, whatever that thing is. That's first, be consistent, be super locked into one thing. Don't jump around and try nine different avenues to do something. Cause if you, if you dabble in a bunch of things, you're not going to be the master of anything. Totally. Right. Number two, um, Number two, you really want to focus on what are your strengths and how do you capitalize on your strengths, right? Like we, we have these mentors, right? Gary Vee is not a mentor of mine, but let, let's take him for an example. Like Gary Vee has this great personality. He can call people out. He can do all these things. Then I all, all of a sudden I saw these thousands of kids and people trying to be Gary Vee's instead of being themselves, right? So you have to tap into your strengths. You have to also understand that not everything is meant for you. That's also knowing being self-aware, right? Like we got to be super self-aware of like, what is it that we are supposed to be doing, right? Like podcasting is really good for me. Being on camera is not because my body language is weird. I kind of twitch all over the place, all these weird things. So I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses and I go heavy into my strengths. Um, and then we also need to understand that we need to know where we are in the process. So often I see people who are, lack of a better term, entrepreneurs, and they see this coach that comes out and goes, I'm going to teach you how to sell a high ticket item. You pay me $5,000, I'll teach you how to sell a $10,000 package. Mm -hmm. And then this person goes, buys the course, and then they try and sell a $10,000 package that they're not even confident in selling, and they can't do it, right? It's a process. We all have big goals, right? My, my goal ultimately with my live event, once we can do live events again, is to fill an arena with people. 6,000 plus here in my hometown in Reading, Pennsylvania. That's my long-term goal for my event. You think that if I set out the first year and said to myself, 6,000 people year one, you think I would have done anything? The answer is probably no. I would have been paralyzed with fear. The fact that that's terrifying. And so again, going back to that 1%, I focus on 1% every day. What's the one thing I can do today that will get me closer to that goal? And why rush? Why are we rushing to get there, Right. Um, you know, I, I say pretty often, I talk about like big, say financial goals, right? Like I say, my goal is to be a millionaire. Let's put that out there. Okay, my goal is to be a millionaire. Well, congratulations. When you get there, I promise you the next thing you're going to want is just $10 million. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to really feel fulfilled. So enjoy that journey. Enjoy the process of those 1% wins every single day. And long term, you're going to get to your goal. So my first year of my event was 150 people. I was on pace to do about 300 year two. And then my goal was to double it every year from there. Now, obviously, with COVID, it's set back a little bit. But again, it's about stepping back, adjusting, and realizing that I can now make 1% growth in a different avenue to, you know, to, to take, not take advantage, but to um, realize the opportunities that lie ahead even during this tough time of, of uh, this pandemic. You know, it's it's funny because you're you're talking about these these steps, these plans of action, these you know overarching principles that you apply to figure out who you are, have that self awareness, and move forward. And you know, we're not talking about fitness and nutrition, but it's like literally the exact same components I talk about with fitness and nutrition, like the whole aspect of just being consistent, being disciplined, playing the long game, having the perseverance to keep going day and day and day, and make one percent you know incremental progress. And it's it's obviously applicable to whatever industry you're in, but and I feel like people know this. I feel like people inherently know that it's not going to happen overnight. But they have, for whatever reason, not everybody, I'm not, I don't want to generalize here, but people know that to be inherently true, yet they have so much difficulty actually accepting it and doing it, which never ceases to just boggle me. I, I don't get it. Like, I like knowing that things are going to take 
30 years to see the fruits of that labor because I'm one of the few stubborn people to, to actually see it through for 30 years. But I feel like so many people are so hung up on this, you know, ever elusive overnight success that they don't even begin the journey. Yeah. And look, the first thing we need to realize is there's actually not an, there's never been an overnight success, yeah. right? Like say, say day one, I launched my podcast and it took off, which it didn't. I mean, it took a good year and a half for it to really grow. But say I launched my podcast and it took off. I still wouldn't have been an overnight success because I would have poured every single day of my life into that one thing. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't have done that one thing without every single step before, without every single failure before, without every single incremental win before that. Right. And people talk about, you know, they lack the patience of the success. Well, guess what? Your other option is failure. So you either be patient to get your success or you have failure. Like those are your two options. So I would say, the 30 year struggle, the, those one, you know, the one battle after battle after battle, that's, what's going to be worth it. But we have to find a way as human beings. And part of what I'm trying to do with the podcast and what I've truly figured out in my life is to enjoy the journey, enjoy the struggle. Like I'm happy every single day. Is every single day easy? Heck no. Life is hard right now. Life is tough, but I'm happy. I'm enjoying the process. I'm in, I'm I'm I I understood and found a way for me personally to hack my brain to say when things are tough, okay, what is this doing for me? And it's a true instant reaction of like what's this doing for me? Why is this being told to me? And there are days that are tougher than others, but the reality is I enjoy every single moment. And if when people can figure that part out, the end goal doesn't matter anymore. 100%. You're not going to you're not going to take those massive financial successes with you. Right. Like you're going to die and then the money's going to go to somebody else or some charity or, or whatever. Um, but the reality is like that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is enjoying the process. So when you're on your deathbed, you're going to smile and go, that was a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, I love it. I'm reading a book right now called Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear. And I love it. I mean, it's all about, you know, how how to create these, you know, positive feedback loops in your day to day routines that you're you know, you're working towards something that you believe in and are striving for, and it compounds day after day after day until you reach that success and you redefine your identity, basically. So for you, you know, with like podcasting as an example, I mean, that's that's something that can very easily be seen as a grind. I mean, like you said, your first year and a half, you weren't really seeing any crazy download numbers, you know, that you have to just consistently chip away at that. Do you have any, you know, habits in place, routines in place that make sticking to something like that consistently more sustainable, like something that is associated with like a positive feedback loop as opposed to this monotonous, just droning thing going on? Like, do you have anything that you put into play throughout your day to day that that sets you up to ensure you're going to consistently pump out these episodes without fail? Yeah. So for me, I mean, it has become um, two things. One is the constant feedback or the consistent feedback from people that listen to the show that helps me you know go day in and day out even when the show wasn't doing what it does now but the true habit that i've created in my life that has been a game changer for me in my consistency and my discipline and all the things i need to do to get to get to where i want to be is is daily visualization and so i visualize where i want to be in my life every single day and i actually set it to a soundtrack which is a little bit different than most people um but I do daily visualizations and I see, hear, feel, taste, smell ev- exactly where I want to be at some point in my life, right? So every single day may be a different visualization, but the reality is like, let's take the live event, for instance. Like I knew exactly 
what I wanted to wanted it to sound like, what I wanted it to feel like, smell like, who I wanted the speakers to be, what the order of one and you know the order in which I wanted them to speak, the dancers and the songs that dance them down to the stage. What was what did that look like? And I truly visualized it and felt it. And what it what visualization does for you is it actually chemically puts you in that state and energetically puts you in that state. And so the drive comes from the idea that you felt what that feeling truly feels like. So my consistency and my discipline comes from the idea that I've felt the energy of the end result. Every single day I feel that energy. Well, if I want to truly feel it, if I want to actually embody that person that I've been, been visualizing, it makes it a lot easier to show up when I know what it already feels like. And so I would say visualization for me has been one of the greatest tools. It's something that I teach all my clients um, how to truly you know, drop in, dive deep, feel it. Um, because then what happens is your actions almost go on autopilot in a way. Um, it's just a very, very strange thing that's happened in my life that just showing up and getting it done without complaining, without doing the things that most people do, it's all due to that strong visualization practice that I do daily. Do you like have a, like, is that like a meditation almost where you set time out in the morning, you know, before the chaos of the world hits you and you just like have a moment to yourself just to, to envision that or how's that set up? So I actually, I, I do it mainly while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pump the music to truly feel the music, right? Because obviously music has energy. So I pump the music and as I'm driving, I'm visualizing that state that I want to be in or that moment I want to be in or that feeling I want to feel. Um, now that COVID has happened and I drive a little bit less, I don't go to meetings. I haven't been really going to see family in another state. I do do it in my office. Um, but it's not, a, I do meditate as well. I try and do that daily. It's not as, it's not as ritualistic. Um, but from the drive, from the, from the visualization standpoint to the meditation, meditation calms me and keeps me present. Visualization amps me up and puts me into the future. Um, and so most of the time I'm driving, but I have learned how to do the practice in my office, but it's an eyes open thing. I don't sit with my eyes closed or there's probably no a good thing to do breathing. while you're driving. Don't, don't drive. Yeah, your eyes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm driving down the road with my eyes closed, but <laughs> trust me, I'm visualizing where I want to be. It'll be fine. Um, but, but honestly, like it's, it's become the, the single greatest thing and the single greatest tool that I have to, you know, have been able to accomplish the things that I have. No, I totally agree, man. It's funny because a lot of people talk about goal setting and having these stretch goals and, you know, goals are important, but like they, they aren't near as lasting. They're not near as actionable as actually visualizing where you want to go. Like the first competition I ever did, you know, I, I didn't, I had never stepped on stage before. I had never gone through a competition prep before. I had never posed against other competitors before, but I would literally like train. And then after the training session, I would go and I would like just just focus on that moment in the future. I would like literally go through every single motion. Every I had the song picked out that I wanted to pose to. I would imagine and visualize, you know, me hitting each pose to that song with with the certain beat drop. I mean everything, and it was like to the freaking T. And I knew exactly what I was going to eat after the show. Like everything was just so close, I could almost touch it and taste it. You know, and I feel like that when you have that, it's just so much more empowering than just this arbitrary goal of like, oh, I want to compete someday, or oh, I want to have a really successful podcast, or a really big live event. Like, knowing the specifics and like actually putting yourself there makes you yearn for it in a way that simply writing it on a piece of paper or, you know, very arbitrarily stating that's your goal, what it could ever do. Right. And that's exactly the thing. And then, and, and I'm sure you knew, like, 
when that alarm goes off in the morning, and I'm sure you wake up at a ridiculous time, um, but when that alarm goes off in the morning, it makes it easier to hop out of bed because you know that feeling, right? Like you put yourself in that situation, and that's that's the game changer for me. Like I used to set these crazy money goals, right? Like I want to go do this. With my, I want to go make this much money and this much money. Whenever I set goals like that, it eludes me because it's not tied to who I really am. There's no energetic vibration between me and that goal. Um, but then I started to kind of set goals differently. Uh, you know, in 2017, I said to myself, by the end of this year, I want to feel like I belong at the table. Mm-hmm. What I meant by that was these conversations I'm having on the podcast with, you know, celebrities and massive influencers and billionaires. I want to feel like I belong in those conversations. And by the end of that year, Inc. Magazine listed me as the top eight podcast everyone should follow in, the, in 2018. And then 2018, my goal was I want to be at that table. By the end of that year, I was sharing Airbnbs with these people. I was speaking at events with these people. I was doing all those things. Uh, and then 2019, I set the table. I had my own event with with celebrity speakers and massive influencers and all these things. And it was really about being able. And then obviously the money followed, right? But I, it was a for me, it was about setting the intention and the goal a little bit closer to home, a little bit closer to my soul. What's important to me is relationships and strong relationships that are going to push me forward. So I set the goal to that, and then I realized made it easier. I could vibe with it. I felt it. I knew what that emotion felt like. And then the money did follow. Like that's the main thing is like you can't chase something that do- that doesn't want to be chased. Yeah. Uh, and so you got to find out how to set those goals for yourself. I was reading. I, th- I don't remember what book it was, but it said something to the effect of you know find out what it is in life that you know of the seven billion people that are on this planet. What is that one thing that you can do better than anybody else? And what is that one thing that you can add the most value in more so than anybody else? And like for me. It just was like a resounding, you know, you got to be the best natural ketogenic bodybuilder and show people how to reach their health goals and business endeavors and everything following that as the, the the initial pillar. But I feel like when you look at it through that lens of like, look, there's 7 billion people on this planet. What skill set, what passions, what what drive do I have deep inside my soul that I can bring to fruition and use to help and enable others, empower others in a way that nobody else can. I feel like when you wake up and you have that as your overarching motivator, it's like, how can you not get up out of bed with some zeal for life and just start hustling? Yeah, for sure. I love that. So speaking of the live event being canceled and the the, the virus's effect on all your plans for 2020, man, like what what's next? Like, how are you going to recover from this like how have you had to change and pivot and adapt because of this like kind of talk about that yeah again look like it's looking at these rock bottom moments and saying what is what is this doing for me right so er, back early on my event was originally supposed to be back in may it would have been the second year we did the event um and then COVID hit i think it was early march and i paid attention for a little bit thinking hey this will last a month or so and then we realized it wasn't going to last a month and people stopped buying tickets. And so we, we ended up pushing the event till September, uh, the end of September. And then what happened was COVID continued to stick around, um, resurgences and shutdowns and all these other things still happening here in my state of Pennsylvania. And so we decided that we are going to now push it to 2021. Um, but in its place, we are doing a virtual summit this year, which I'm really excited about. I found this really cool platform 
um, to be able to host it, which is going to be super engaging. People are going to be able to connect with the speakers, connect with each other. There's going to be networking opportunities. Um, and I'm, it's going to be, I'm going to be able to transfer the energy that I did in the event live over the computer. And that was the only way I would have, I would have done it this way because for me, the energy was important, right? Like the transference, the con human connection, all that stuff. And so this platform allows you to do those types of things. Um, and so we're moving forward with that. It's going to be an insane day and a half of growth in all areas of your life, your relationships, your business, your happiness, all the things that we need in our life to um, truly live a happy life is, is going to be there. The speakers are amazing. I, I feel blessed to have the speakers I have. You know, people like Nick Santanastasso, um, Natalie Jill, who's one of the top fitness influencers online. Uh, we have Anthony Trucks, former NFL player, and, and so many more. And so it's going to be a great opportunity for people to learn and truly level up their lives in all areas. Um, and they get to do it from the comfort of their home, but also still while connecting with the other people in attendance and the speakers. So super excited about that. Um, and I'm excited for the opportunity the world has given me through this time to uh, see the virtual space as an opportunity to, to still make the impact that I wanted to make. Has all of this virus chaos caused you to be a lot more like introspective and just reflective on the sense of, you know, one another in the first place. Like for me, you know, since there hadn't been any conferences, there hadn't been any like actual face-to-face -face engagement, it's made me crave actual human interaction so much more. And I feel like we were taking it for granted. I mean, we, we, we live in an era where we just spend all of our time looking at our phones on a, on a TV screen, on a, on a phone mm -hmm. screen, you know, shooting people DMs or text messages. And it's like, we've lost touch of like what it's like to look somebody in the eye, grab their hand, shake it, you know, and like actually connect as human beings were meant to connect. And I feel like this virus is, I'm very curious to see if this virus has caused people to, to appreciate that more, or if it's just going to inevitably wind in more distancing over time. Like, I don't know which way it could go. I feel like it could go either way, but what, what's your take on that? Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, I think for me, I've, I've always prided myself on being somebody who is uh, super present. Um, and so I never really took that human connection for granted, so to say, mm -hmm. but I missed the shit out of it. Like yeah. That's for sure. Like I, I miss, uh, I, I, mean, I was fortunate enough that a week before this whole thing went down, I was at PodFest with 2,000 people. Um, so I got that last little hit, right? But I'm, I'm truly missing... Um, being able to go and speak and connect and sh like you said, shake hands or hug or whatever. Um, so I've always been very aware of that from day one when this whole thing kind of shut down. Uh, as far as answering the second part, the long-term effects, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I hope it pushes people to reconnect as humans. I'm scared that it won't. Yeah. Um, because I think you get, we get stuck in routine, mm -hmm. right? Like, so just like we were stuck in the routine before, the new routine is I'm fine with just being home with my family or by myself, which is fine too. Um, but to feel awkward socially, uh, and now we have these masks which hide our emotions and <laughs> yeah. all these things in between. And you go, well, what is that going to do long term? I just hope that the right people, maybe it's people like you and I, um, you know, speak up and say, like, we need human interaction. We need it for our mental health. We need it for everything, man. Like the one, the one conversation that's not happening right now that needs to be happening is the mental effect that this is going to have on people emotionally, mentally, you know, relationally, all these things. It's, it's really going to have a massive effect long term. Um, and so I, I think that that narrative start needs to be kind of brought to the forefront currently too because that's a whole nother 
beast that's not being talked about. 100% agree, man. I feel like I don't know any of the statistics, but I had somebody on the podcast a while back and they were talking about like, you know, suicide rates and everything being much higher as a result of just this massive increase in social distancing. Like the, and, and things that you wouldn't even think about, like, you know, all these schools have been shut down and that includes schools for people with, you know, mental disabilities that really just totally rely on human connect connection interaction and like you take those away it's like shoot we're, we're trying to avoid a virus so that we can stay alive but the people that are you know suffering from it i mean that's not much of a life in the first place yeah well back in may suicide hotline phone calls were up one thousand percent oh that's so sad yeah. man yeah so it's, sad it's, I'm, it's it's really sad i'm hoping i'm hoping that we're I don't know. I don't know what the statistics are. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm hoping that we all become stronger for it, for sure. I feel like any anytime life throws you an obstacle, you have to you have to either get better or get worse from it, and you, you can't really stay and maintain. There's no such thing as maintenance. You're either getting better or worse, and I hope that we can all get better from this and for this because I'd like to know what the other side of the equation looks like if we don't. Yeah, dude, same. So 2021 is a live event. When when is the uh, uh, the webinar or the online event? Yeah, so the virtual event, um, which I'm calling Growth Now Summit Virtual, you'll nice. see you'll see the logo. I haven't tr- actually while we're having this conversation, I haven't said anything on social media yet. Uh, but by the time this comes out, it'll be out on social media. Um, it takes place so September 25th. What's that? I'm hearing it first. I feel special. That's <laughs> you should feel special, man. Um, but uh, September 25, 26. Uh, it'll be online, uh, live, so you can come in and join us. It's going to be a half-day Friday, full-day Saturday uh, to come and learn from speakers, see some entertainment. Actually, Saturday morning, you'll have two different venues you can go down, go into. You can either go into a meditation class or you can go into a yoga class. Um, and so I'm doing all these things to give as much as I possibly can. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and people can grab their tickets by heading to uh, gnmlive.com slash virtual. And for anybody listening, this is like a, a growth movement, but it's not specific to any any one industry or niche, right? It's just growth in general for the better. Yeah, this is soul. this is open for everybody, man. Like, you know, I if you look at the speakers I have, right? There's mindset people, there's fitness people, there's relationship people. Because the one thing I've realized on this four year journey of podcasting um, is the understanding that it's not just one piece. Right. Like Robert, you, you talk about what you've done, right? If you won that first bodybuilding competition, but your marriage was terrible, then you wouldn't be happy. If you won your first bodybuilding contest and your marriage was okay, but you were broke, you wouldn't be that happy. Like it's about every, putting every little piece together um, to create that happiness for yourself. And that's really what I'm bringing together is these experts in these spaces to give people the tools to live their best life every single day. I love it, man. I, I talk a lot about trying to create a life that is symbiotic in nature so every different facet of your life kind of works to improve the overall and i feel like that's a topic that i don't know there's like mixed opinions on like i feel like people strive for balance like home life work life but i feel like that's kind of a a skewed perspective because it's like separating everything it's like you got one pendulum that's for work and one pendulum that's for home i feel like you have to figure out a way to make everything you know holistic in nature and, and benefits the the grand master plan so to speak yeah. I love it, man. Well, I will definitely link out to the live event, the uh, summit, because I think that'll be an awesome. Is it going to be capped at a certain number of participants, or is it pretty much, since it's virtual, is, it, is there any cap to it? 
Uh, so there is no cap to it. Uh, I am selling a couple of, of tickets to, that will include GNM Live here in Pennsylvania uh, for a discounted rate, like if you buy them bulk together. Um, and that's capped at about, a, I think there's 100 of those. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think it's it's open for everybody. I know that's the answer I shouldn't give as a business person, but that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I hope I hope everybody can join us, man. It's super affordable. Um, it's not there to rip people off. It's not there for me to make a ton of money. Uh, really, it's about giving as much as I possibly can to individuals who need something like this right now. Um, and so hopefully, people can join us and and uh, enjoy the journey of the event. I love it, man. Well, I will certainly get to it. I will definitely put that on my calendar because I'm always trying to improve my own growth tactics. So I will do that. I will see if I can participate as well, man. Awesome, man. Sounds good. I appreciate it. This conversation has been phenomenal, man. Thank you. Hey, well, it's always a pleasure. I, I, I truly did enjoy, you know, meeting with you, interacting with you at that at that conference that Adam threw and then just being able to chill. I think it was just you, me, and Danny <laughs> late that. And I think Adam went to bed. Adam's like an early to sleep kind of guy, I guess. But <laughs> He was asleep for probably three hours at that point by the yeah. time we were able to settle down. Yeah, but we all, the three of us just, you know, hung out on the recliners and I think we told ghost stories or something, but it was it was a good good evening, man. <laughs> I, I agree, man. I'm excited to have you on my show as well, dude, because my audience needs to know you for sure. Well, we'll uh, we'll do that, man. I'll, I'll end this podcast and we'll fire that one up. But where can people go to find? You have a your your own personal like social profile, right? Not apart from the summit. Yeah, yeah. So they can find me on Instagram. It's it's my favorite platform at uh, Justin T Shank. Um, they can see how to spell it in the show notes. Uh, so they can find me there, or they can head to growthnowmovement.com and and check out this podcast and all the things in between. Awesome, Justin. Well, keep killing it, man. Pleasure as always, brother. Thanks, man. Take care.